Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. At Mosaic Business Consulting, we understand that every business is like a complex mosaic of glass pieces. And we specialize in putting those pieces of a business together to create a seamless and efficient operation of your business. I'm Laura Wagenknecht, and we believe in the unique mosaic of our clients' visions, goals, and dreams. Let us be your partner in crafting a brighter future for your business. We have courses in the Growth Accelerator Masterclass Series and business planning starting soon. Register for a course today. Good morning. I'm your host, Laura Bogdanesh, president and owner of Mosaic Business Consulting, and you're listening to The Mosaic Life with Laura W. A mosaic is a bunch of pieces that, when put together, make up the whole in a really beautiful way. And this show plans to discuss the various pieces of a business throughout different industries and how these pieces, when put together, can help develop a better, more efficient, and effective running of your business. To reach me, contact bizradio.us. And today, my guest is none other than Sarah Metzger. And Sarah, how long have we known each other? Oh my gosh, Laura. It has been at least three years, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I remember we did that um, get you know what done kind of group um, <laughs> for I don't know how long. And uh, yeah, so that was great. That was great. Um, anyway, Sarah is an ACC ICF accredited personal development coach. So basically International Coaching Federation accredited personal development coach and founder of Vista Coaching. She is trained in presence-based co- coaching, restorative practices, somatic and resilience work, and so much more. Sarah is a retired educator and mother of two in the Asheville, North Carolina area. She's been working with leaders, schools, educators, and students, partnering with them to clarify their mission, goals, and purpose. Her work focuses on self-awareness, personal strengths, polarity thinking, and recognizing inner wisdom. She employs humor, curiosity, and non-judgment as she teams up with her clients to move them toward their desired outcomes and visions. And she empowers her clients to move from transition to transformation. Oh, that sounds good. So how are you, Sarah? Welcome to the show. I am good, thank you. Thank you so much, Laura. I got to say, that intro just, I mean, man, you just pumped me up. I feel like you are a number one hype woman. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, you know, it's always a delight to have you on the show. And I know it's, I think we had scheduled one umpteen years ago and um, ended up having to cancel for some reason, perhaps me. Um, and so it's just fantastic to have you on the show again. So. Well, I'm really excited to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm wondering, you know, what got you into being a coach after doing all this education in your background? You know, it, it's so interesting. My favorite part of being an educator for 20 some years was always seeing that like aha moment with students when Mm -hmm. what we were talking about really clicked, like you could just see it happen in their eyes. And I always thought that was like the coolest part of teaching. And so when I was ready to be out of the classroom, ready to hand that baton to the younger generation, um, I thought, (laughs) 
what else can I do where I get to witness that? Like where else can I be that I'm sort of on the sidelines and coaching seemed like a really good fit. And I feel like that's what I get to do on a daily basis with clients is, you know, again, I don't have the answers. The clients have the answers. I'm just here to ask the right questions, maybe push a little prod a little. Um, and then I get to sit there and watch it click, like watch it all click and the person go, you know what? This is where the magic is happening. And like I said, it's like you're going from this weird, uncomfortable transition place to this transformation of, okay, now I'm embodying what it is, who it is I want to be and what it is I want to do. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And I really like how you defined in a sense, coaching in and of itself, which is asking the right questions. It's not having all the answers and, um, and then, you know, allowing that person to explore for themselves how, you know, or what they're seeking. Yes, yes. That's the coolest part. I always tell people a coach is great. It's it's a little different from therapy, right? We're not looking yeah. back. We're, we're focusing on what is now and what can be. And a coach is like not like a friend or a colleague. The coach has no attachment to your outcomes. So whatever is best for you is best for you as the client. So I kind of yeah. love that role. We don't get that too often in real life. No, we really don't. And I yeah, I mean, that's really, really a key element that you're talking about is that non-judgment that no matter which direction you choose to take your life, it, there's no judgment around it, right? Exactly, exactly. It's more like, you know, you and the coach are kind of co-creating this space. And again, I like to say it's really your your space as a client to explore things, to process things, to really just kind of dive in. And not worry that anyone is is sort of judging or thinks you should do anything. It's really just about exploring what's going to be the best and allowing that sort of inner wisdom that's already in there to just surface. Yeah, and I think that's such a key element. Um, well, so what where what are you working on today that you feel would be advantageous to our listeners? So I am a giant fangirl of Amanda Blake, who is just this brilliant woman who does a lot of work in the fields of neuroscience and coaching and somatic learning and embodiment. And I've been working with a lot of clients lately in all different fields. Um, and what keeps coming up for us is they have a goal, they have a vision, um, they have some kind of dream and then it's like, okay, well, how do we get there, right? From where we are right now to where we want to be, how do we get there? And I truly believe we have this conceptual self-awareness and then embodied self-awareness. And I think that we can think about it all day long, but when we truly embody what it is we want to be, that's how we get to those goals, those outcomes, those visions. So Explain to me the conceptual self-awareness versus the embodiment self-awareness. So this is sort of how I think about it. You've got, you've got this beautiful mind and a beautiful body, right? And they're very intertwined and both are sort of one whole giant mind, I will say. And so, you know, you've got the people always say, trust your gut, right? You, you have all this sort of information 
in your gut as well as what you're thinking about. And I tend to think of like the conceptual piece is what's happening in your brain when you're thinking about something. We're able to think about a goal. We're able to verbalize a goal. But it's still up here sort of in a meta thinking level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I believe that when you can embody more in a somatic way, like really tap into what's going on in your body, that's really the key to moving forward. So it's a both and. It's definitely not an either or. It's a both and. Talk about polarity there, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, first we've got to say, okay, I want to I want to conceptualize what what's my dream, what's my vision, um, and why is this important to me, right? So I'm in a thinking space. What are qualities or characteristics that I'm going to need to develop that? So that's sort of this thinking space where you're identifying, you're sort of listing ideas that, that are going to help you get to where you want to get, right? That's the first piece. And the first piece um, leads to the second piece. And then the second piece is, okay, how are we going to embody that? Like, how am I actually going to show up every day and embody this quality or this characteristic? so that I can achieve what it is I want to achieve. Well, and and so one of the things that you're bringing up, I really like this, where I can't tell you how many people, especially when you think about New Year's resolutions, right? People oh. will come up with their New Year's resolution. They even go as far as saying, I'm going to lose, let's say, X number of pounds for um, over the next um, three months. And they make it a, a very finite goal that's manageable, feasible, doable, you know, a smart goal that's mm -hmm. uh, specific, specific, et cetera. But then how, you know, I like how you're talking about how we might write it all down, we might verbalize it, but how do we, you know, make that transformation from the brain into our bodies that says basically we must follow the, these, uh, the the timeline we must follow the daily activity that we had said we were going to do in order to accomplish that goal because i think that's where the fall off is right is where people oh. say yeah i think i can get that goal but you know who knows because i've written it down i'm you know i've verbalized it i'm specific you know it's a smart goal i've done everything that i need to do there um but moving it into action. So the rub, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. So, so first I like to say, instead of resolutions, maybe setting intentions, right? Setting an mm. intention, a resolution kind of, I don't know, in my mind sort of implies that there's like success and failure. An intention is more, I'm really going to put this out there and try to stick with it and try to show up in a certain way every day. I think another really important piece that you you name more, like in that instance, say it is a, a weight loss piece, or um, you know, another thing might be if you are somebody who is a leader, you may say, you know, I, I really want to be more organized this year, or I really want to be um you know, a, a boss that folks can come to and talk to. So thinking about why is that important, first of all, like that to me is the first piece. Like, okay, yes, if I want to lose weight, maybe I, I want to look better. But like, 
what is something that is deeper that I can really attach to? Maybe it's, you know, I'm in my late 50s and my kids are going to have kids soon. I want to be an active grandma. I want to be able to run around with my grandkids or, you know, as a, as a boss, like, why is it important to me? I might be saying this, but what does that really mean? Well, I really want a cohesive community at work. I want to foster, you know, curiosity, learning. I think you've got to like tap into the bigger goal. So, so you do that, you realize like, why is it I want to do this? Why is it important to me? And then what I would say is that it's like little teeny pieces, little teeny action steps, like you were saying. And so for instance, you've identified your quality. Say you want to be more patient. Um, so, so you could be a boss that wants to be more patient, an educator that wants to be more patient. You want to be a parent that wants to be more patient. So what I would do then is like, let's get, let's get nitty gritty. Let's look up patience in the dictionary. Let's look for quotes about patience. Let's find some short phrases that sort of, to me, signify patience. What might be an image that you relate to that quality? Um, if you're somebody who is creative and you like to draw, maybe draw or paint a picture that you think sort of abstractly relates to patience. Maybe mm -hmm. where in nature do you see patience? Um, what's a song or some kind of sound that you can kind of relate to patience? So that's mm -hmm. sort of that, that conceptualizing, right? Like, like, let's find some real specific things that we can attach to patience and that quality. And so basically I'm hearing something along the lines of if I played a specific song or I look at that picture, it's always going to remind me of the word patience. And yeah. it's going to, you know, increase the likelihood that I will focus on it more often and thus be more successful. Yes, yes. Like, for instance, um, <laughs> patience was a good one. I had an educator the other day who was doing a lot of meetings with parents. And she's like, I just want to show up and embody patience. So she actually put something on her phone, like a picture on her phone as her screensaver that really sort of brought to mind patience for her. It's going to be different for everyone. But throughout the day between meetings, she'd look at her image on her home screen and just think, oh, that's right. That's my intention, right? That little reminder. I want to embody patience today. That's how I want to show up. Then we move from conceptual to the embodiment piece. And for that piece, I would ask a client to think back on a time when they really experienced that quality, kind of tap back in. What did it feel like to you? Where in your body do you feel patience? And I know that's an odd question, but most of us can identify somewhere in our body that we feel whatever the quality is. Maybe like, for instance, someone is really trying to be present. Well, where do you experience presence in your body? It might be your heart center. It could be in your belly. Um, so really connecting to that piece, like thinking back, when did you experience it? How, how did you feel it in your body? Where did you feel it in your body? What would it look like if you were being asked to represent it with your body without words? What does patience look like, right? What does presence look like? 
What does kindness look like if you're just moving your body in a certain way? Um, and then I like to think about if, if someone's having a hard time accessing that, I might ask, well, who in your world sort of models that? Do you have a mentor? Do you have somebody at work? Do you have somebody in your family who you feel embodies that quality? What do they do? How do they move? How do they show up? How are they in conversation? So then you kind of have concrete examples, right? If it's, if it's feeling too sort of unattainable, you, you have concrete examples. Well, this person does this at work or this person in my life shows up in this way for me. Okay. And so then the, the last sort of piece where we're moving from embodiment into action is I ask folks, we want to put a daily practice into place, right? Say you're really looking to embody presence. Um, I want to be present. I want to be accessible. So what is a short phrase that encapsulates that quality for you? What might be a gesture or movement that represents it? And then how do you kind of push yourself and test yourself? So say, let's go back to patience. Um, is there some phrase that you could say, like seven words or less? Is there a short phrase that kind of encapsulates patience? So I'm going to ask you, Laura, is there something or a phrase or even like a word or two that to you brings to mind patience? Um, if I'm feeling uh, harried and, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit scattered, I have a mantra that I say to myself, this too shall pass. Oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. So that's perfect. Some kind of phrase like that, this too shall pass. So when you start feeling those, like the tinglings in your body of, like you said, overwhelmed, yeah. frazzled, right? You're thinking, okay, what was my intention? My intention was to embody patience. So repeating that phrase, this too shall pass. Maybe there's a movement. Like, um, you know, settling your shoulders, uh, rubbing your palms together, um, opening your hands sort of like to the heavens, like, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> patience, right? Some, something you can do that will remind you in that moment. Oh, yes. Patience. I want to get back there. And then here's where the challenge lies. Start challenging yourself like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pick the longer line at the DMV and I'm going to wait in that line because I really want to embody patience or, you know. Okay, now you're just being silly. Right? I know. Let's <laughs> <laughs> pick the long line at Chick-fil-A. We'll go yeah. a little easier, right? <laughs> yeah, never happen. But it is funny you say that because I, I was just thinking about something that I don't have much of and that's when I'm driving. I'm like a different animal when I'm driving. And I found that my husband actually um, is very good about, like, he doesn't mind. He stays in the same lane more often than not, because when you change lanes, you end up in more accidents. And so he starts, he, he started staying in the same lane. And, you know, we might be five minutes slower or two minutes slower than the car that just whipped past us. Right. But in general, we're not that far behind. And it started to, you know, it started to click into me that, oh yeah, I can just drive a little slower and it's okay. 
Yes, yes, that's a perfect example. So say patience, right? Like that's a perfect example. Where in your life can you start to challenge yourself with that? So yeah. now you've got a mantra, you've got um, you've got photos or images. Um, you you know can look in nature and and see. I don't know. Like you're maybe you're looking at the stone in the river, right? That's mm. that's presence. That's patience. So you have all these pieces. You have a movement. I tend to get <laughs> really excited and really kind of engaged when I'm with a client and I realize I'm kind of, my brain is is spiraling and I'm thinking, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then I think, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I need to embody stillness. So I actually sit myself back in my chair. That's my movement. That's my gesture. I physically move myself back in a chair and that reminds me, just take a breath be here now, you know, whatever it is. And, and the last and final piece I'll add is it really does help to have sort of evaluation piece um, or an accountability piece. That's where you look to a coach, a friend, you might want to journal, you might want to reflect at the end of the day. Um, what went right? Uh, where did I see that quality? Where was it present? What was the impact? And then the flip side, what got in the way? Like, you know, they didn't work out. What got in the way? And as you're looking at that, I highly recommend, like we talked about earlier, no judgment. You know, it just it was the way it was. Um, right. Or right. curiosity. Have a little humor about it. Man, today was really not my day for being patient. And that's okay. What got mm -hmm. in the way? How can I wake up tomorrow and maybe make some adjustments? So I do think the evaluation piece is really important to just keep keep readjusting, reevaluating, being flexible. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow, this has just been such fantastic information, Sarah. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, please. So I I am Vista Coaching. Um, that is the name of my coaching company. And I am on Instagram, uh, <laughs> like all good future coach would be. I am on Facebook as well. If you look up Vista Coaching and uh, yeah, I, I adore talking to people um, just about what, what we can partner on. What can we work on together? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really want to thank you so much for your time, Sarah. This has just been fantastic. Great nuggets. Thank you so much. Well, Laura, thank you so much for having me. And just on a selfish note, I adore getting to be around you no matter what you're doing. <laughs> so I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, ditto, ditto. Well, and I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to The Mosaic Life with Laura W. You can listen to this episode again and get this great content or listen to other great hosts and their shows by going to bizradio.us and click on shows. Thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.